Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to uh, 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2, and we're going to read from verse 1 through verse 7. 1 Timothy 2. Let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. Therefore, I exert first exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in the faith and truth. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we give thanks to all that you are as our God to know that as we are here together, that that you are here with us. Father, we we thank you for an opportunity to to praise you, to worship you, and then to open your word together and to know that that you are here. Lord, uh, open our hearts, open our minds, and lead us in a direction that, that only you, our God, could lead us. Now, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And we pray this in your most precious name. Amen. You may be seated, but please leave your Bibles open. Or your apps open. Or, you know, um, this was... Sometimes it's, it's easier. Let me start it this way. Sometimes it's easier to... Um, uh, get into a book, into one of the books of the Bible, and, and, to, and to stay there, um, and, and to just go verse by verse by verse by verse um, all the way through that book. And, it, and sometimes it is easier to do that because uh, you can look down the road maybe um, two, three weeks, four weeks, whatever, and you know approximately where, where you're going to be. Um, and and so that, that kind of makes, makes planning a, a little bit easier. Um, it also does something else. There's, there's parts in, uh, in Scripture that people don't like to, um, they don't like to cover. Uh, there's parts that, that call us out um, about a, a great many things. And nobody really likes to cover that part. And so when you are going through Scripture, um, and, you're, and you're going through one book at, at a time and, and going through it, you can't avoid those things. You, you have to, because everybody knows that next week you're going to be doing this. 
And after getting through um, Acts, or, or most of Acts, we started on our, our, um, our campaign here um, of the 7,700, 7,000, and I've been preaching along those lines also. And, and this last week, um, I, I have been kind of torn on, on where, we should, where we should go, where I should go this, this week. And, and, I, and I struggled with it. And, you know, this does happen from, from time to time that, that you're just, you know, you pray about it and, and the, the scripture itself isn't, isn't there. Um, you're not sure and you read and you pray and, and, uh, and near the end of the week, um, it started coming. I got my scripture. I got my scripture. That was it. That was it. Um, second, or first Timothy uh, uh, two, one, one to seven. Good, I got that. So Friday night, I, I start on it, and, and, and I work on it a little bit, and, and, and then Saturday morning, I sat there, and I'll tell you, when it starts to cook, it starts to cook. And, and you know, the Lord just kind of gives you something to say, and everything that I figured that I was going to talk about in, in that scripture, it's all gone. <laughs> that wasn't it. Um, and, and he led me in, in a completely different, different direction. And so probably next week, we'll go back to the same verse and we'll come back with something different. Because I really feel that there's a lot of different things that we can talk about with that scripture. Oh, incidentally, when I was done with writing my sermon... <laughs> And as I was, I have to change it and go to a 20 font so I can see it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And when I did that, it just wasn't working out right. And so I, I, uh, I thought, well, I'll just get out of it and come back in and maybe it'll work right then. And I erased my sermon. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever done that. And, uh, you know, that <laughs> was way to go, buddy. Well, you did a great job on that one. And I did find a spot, you know, and I, I, looked, I looked at where the part I had saved, and, and I looked at that, and, man, I was, it was gone. It was gone. I, I, you know, the only, the only thing I can say about that is the Lord had led me through it, and he wasn't going to do it again. <laughs> and, and so I, I did find a spot where you could recover something that, that had been erased without being saved, and pop, up it came. And I went, oh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And here it is. And here it is this, this day. And I've still got, I've still got the sermon that, that the Lord had, had led me to, to, uh, to give. You know, being in ministry is something that happens. And it, and, and it, is, it is something that just doesn't, you just don't get into this alone. You never do. When, when the Lord puts a calling on your life, like he put a calling on my life, it, it, it confused me. I, I didn't believe it. Um, I had difficulty with it because I was definitely too old to get into ministry. And, but, but the Lord provided people to, to encourage me as, as I started in, into ministry. And, and, and before you know it, through their encouragement, you realize that, that God... You know, the calling that he put on your life is real. That, that there is something there. There was, you know, you always look for confirmation in, in what God gives you. 
You know, you feel that the Lord is calling you into something, and, and you, you say, well, it's almost like, like Gideon. You know, um, okay, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the fleece out on the ground, and if uh, in the morning the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, I'll know it's right. And so the Lord does that, and then, and then he has the guts to pick up the fleece and wring it out, and he says, okay, uh, uh, tomorrow morning, I'm gonna th- or, um, tonight I'm going to throw the fleece out there, and if the fleece is dry and the ground is wet the next morning, um, I'll know that what you're asking me to do is true. All I can think of when I, when I look at, at what Gideon was doing there was, Gideon, buddy, you better duck. How many times has God got to tell you what he wants you to do? But it was a confirmation. God knew that he wanted Gideon to, 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 um, to go to battle for, for the nation of, of Israel. He wanted him there. Gideon just needed some convincing. And, and that's true. Sometimes when God calls us to things, it's tough to understand. You need the encouragement. And, and it comes, God will give you the encouragement. If the calling is real, he'll give you the encouragement. Sometimes he'll do it through, through different people. But the, but the encouragement will be there. And you see, in, in the book of Timothy, um, Paul was the one who, who was encouraging Timothy. Um, Timothy was this was this young this young guy this this young pastor and and you know and going through acts was a good thing because there's a lot that you talk about in the epistles you go back and and confirm what you're talking about in the epistles in acts because that's the whole story there and and it was uh when when Paul in his first missionary trip uh around uh uh chapter 14, went into Lystra, and, and they had this great revival moment in there, and a lot of people came to the Lord. And, and it's, it's more than likely that Timothy was one of those that, that was, was won to the Lord by Paul in that first missionary trip. And then the second time that Paul came, came through in around uh, Acts 16, all of a sudden he runs into this disciple whose name is Timothy. And, and from, from that point on, Timothy traveled with Paul. He was mentored by Paul. Paul just put him under his wing, and he, and he watched him. He was, he was Timothy's confirmation in what God was, was asking him to do. Um, there was a special bond here, a real bond between, between Paul and, and Timothy. In fact, Timothy... Um, was, was referred to, uh, Paul referred to Timothy as, as my true son of the faith. That's how he, that's how he considered it. This is a real bond that, that is going on. And, but the thing in here, in, in chapter 2, or in, the, in 1 Timothy, um, this epistle is, is, it's Paul's epistle to Timothy to, that, that you get an inkling that something here is, is going on. Um, Paul writing this, this epistle to him, there's, there's a real purpose behind it. Actually, if we go back to, to 1 Timothy 1, uh, 1 Timothy 1, 3, where it says, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia to remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. 
In other words, Paul went to Macedonia. He, he, the, the ministry carried him, Paul's ministry, on to Macedonia. But, but before he left Ephesus, he told Timothy, he says, I want you to stay here. I want you to pastor the church that, that is in Ephesus. Not an easy, not an easy situation here at all. Um, there was tough surroundings. Some, uh, they, there was a charge that, that, some, that, that no one teach no other doctrine. And if we were to go back, we won't take the time to do this, but, but what we learned in Acts about, about Ephesus um, was that uh, there, was, there was an uprising of the silversmiths. I don't know if you remember this, but there was an uprising of the, of the trade of, of silversmiths that were there because they made a living out of making little statues of, of the, the goddess Diana. And, and then here comes Paul, and he comes to Ephesus, and he starts teaching them about Jesus Christ. And, and so all of the, the silversmiths that are there start losing money. Because people are becoming Christians, and when you're a Christian, you don't worship the goddess Diana anymore, and you don't go out and you don't buy the, the little statues that they made. And so, basically, the silversmiths were going broke. This made, I guess today you would look at a silversmith union, or, or whatever. But they were upset with this, and so there was, there was a, a battle that was going on between between the church, the church that Paul started, and, and those that were part of society who were making a profit off of, off of Diana, uh, off of the church of Diana. The, the, the church in, in Ephesus had a battle on its hands from, from many different fronts, a lot of different fronts. There was the pagan worship that they battled against in, in Ephesus, the, the pagan worship of, of Diana. And, and they also had the Jews who were coming in behind Paul and, and, and saying, this, this grace thing is good. And, and yeah, Jesus is okay, but listen, you still got to follow the law. You still got to follow the law. And the people in the church were confused. And, and, it was, and that is why Paul is, is telling uh, Timothy, man, don't let somebody into the church that is going to preach the wrong doctrine. Don't do that. Don't let them do it. It's a battle, Timothy. You've got to stand up to this battle. You've got to stand up to it. You know, you, you've got this little, and you've got to figure it this way. This is the beginning of the church in, in, the, in the church of, of Ephesus that was started. You're moving it into Sin City. You're moving it in where they're, where they're worshiping the goddess Diana. <coughs> you, can, you can go back and, and, and look at this, but this, this pagan worship of the goddess Diana, they had uh, 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 priestesses that, that were in there. They were hookers. They were prostitutes. That's what this was. And th- this is who the people were worshiping, the goddess Diana. And here comes this little renegade church that, that starts in, in, uh, at that time in, in Ephesus. And, and, they're, and they're going against the norm. They're going against 
what had always been done in Ephesus, and that was to worship the goddess Diana. It's, 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 a, it's against the grain. It's, it's a battle. And Timothy is right in the middle of it. Paul has gone off to Macedonia. He said, Timothy, stay here. Stay here. Fight this battle. Fight it. Fight it. And, and that is the battle that, that he had. A tough battle for a young pastor. <laughs> I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm drying out. I remember when I got my calling, um, I, I had gone over and, and had spoken to um, a district superintendent, and, and he put me in touch with a pastor, <clears throat> and um, <coughs> he had said, I didn't know it, but he said, go meet this guy. Find out if the calling that he has is real. And so we had gone out to dinner, and we sat there and talked about my calling and, and all of the things that, that, um, were, that I could expect. And uh, uh, he, was, he had been a pastor for quite a few years. He went into ministry the same way I did. He was a, a local pastor. And, and uh, he had started out, he told me, in a, in a small a church somewhere in around the area of Riverview. And, and he told me that, that when he went there in that first year that he was in that church, he grew that church from 300 to 100. Um, it, it just it didn't, it didn't, didn't go good. didn't go good. But um, one of the things that, that I remember about that church, and, and this is something that, that pastors hear when, when they get together and talk, we talk about you guys when we're all together. Um, <laughs> but that church that he was in was known as a pastor killer. It was a pastor killer. Because no matter who they sent there, they were there for a very short time, and then they would either leave or quit or whatever. Do you know, here's a fact for you, do you know the national average for a pastor to continue in his calling in this United States. You know how long a period, you know how, how the average longevity a pastor has in this? Two years. Two years. And that doesn't mean they move him to another church. The average pastor lasts two years. And they quit. You know, you know what that means? It means that they're not prepared. They're not, they're not being prepared for what is coming. You can have all of the, um, you can have the doctrine and the theology down and everything else, and you, and you walk into a church and, and the people say, you, you want me to do what? You're out of here. Or, you know, it's, it is, it's a difficult battle. It's, it's sort of, and, and no, you guys have treated me very well, very well. Don't, you know, I'm not complaining. But, that's the, but it's the truth. <coughs> On a national level, two years. You see, what 
what Timothy was putting up with were battles. But something tells me that the education that Timothy had received when he worked with Paul was he knew exactly what he was getting himself into. You see, it's the idea that that if you don't know what the battle is going to be, how could you ever prepare for it? Timothy knew because he had been with Paul, because he went different places with Paul, because he went from town to town and started churches and and came up against all different kinds of, of, of trouble, that he knew, he knew how to handle it. So you see, Paul's letter here is to, is to encourage him. 1 Timothy is, is a letter from Paul to Timothy to teach him how to grow the church. Not only to encourage him, but how to grow the church, how to hold the church together, and to still preach the gospel. He says, he says a little farther down in, in chapter 1, Um, In chapter 1, verses uh, 18 through 20, Timothy 1, 18 through 20, he says to fight the good fight. It's a battle. Fight the good fight. Look at verse verse 18. (coughs) He says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made, concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. You might have a good fight. Get ready for that fight. Having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Timothy, fight the fight. Fight the good fight. Get ready. Fight the fight that is coming. You see, folks, you, you don't go into battle not expecting a fight. Anybody who goes into battle not expecting a fight is going to lose. And that is the truth. That's the truth about anything. The world doesn't expect the church to fight anymore. Guys, they don't. And many churches have, have, are, not, are not willing to fight. Churches themselves, churches in a whole, are not willing to fight anymore. They're tired. They don't, they don't want... It's, it's a constant battle that we're in. But we've got to know that we're in a fight. You've got to know that you're in a fight. It's easier to be of the world than to stand against the world. Guys, and you see this all the time. That's why where it says here in, in chapter or in verse 19 that their faith has suffered a shipwreck because they've given up the fight. They've given up a fight against a world that doesn't expect them to fight anymore. To take what you hold as being valuable, to take what you have, what you have through Christ Jesus, which is valuable, which is truth, and to give it up because that's what the world expects you to do. And, and your faith is, as he describes it there, is a shipwreck. You're on high, you're on, on, on high ground. Your ship is sitting there. You're done. And then when you're done, a church goes into, into death mode. 
and it's going to die because no one is willing to fight the fight that Paul is warning Timothy about. Last week, there was a scripture that that I read that I never had the opportunity to really uh, spend any time with and, and it just it seemed to, to fit back with, with this. Because last week I was telling you about, about winning the crowns. You know, you have to, you have to go out. You have to, you have to prepare yourself. You have to work hard. Why? Because there are crowns to be won in glory. There's crowns. But there was a scripture that I never got the chance to really expound on last week. And it was 1 Corinthians 9.26... Ah, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, I fight, not as one who beats the air. What, what, what are we talking about? You see, we struggle. We struggle and we fight. When the world says you shouldn't fight back, you fight back. But we struggle and and we fight, not like somebody beating the air. That's not beating the air. You know what that is? That's shadow boxing. That's shadow boxing. You know, in shadow boxing, you're perfecting your style. Did you ever do that? Did Did you ever shadow box? You know? What are you doing? You're perfecting your style. You're styling. You're looking good. You're looking good when you're a shadow boxer. But, folks, you're not in a battle. That's what he's talking about. Beating the air, shadow boxing. When you do it, you're, you're not in a battle. And, folks, if you're not in a battle, there's no victories that are won. They're not won because you were never in a battle in the first place. You see, folks, what Paul is saying here is that we're not here to play church. That's where it goes. That's what this is. We're all together, and and we're not here to shadow box. We're not here to, to play church. We have to be serious about this. When we play church, there's no battles fought, and there's no victories that are won. Folks, there's a lot of churches out there today that are shadow boxing. They're playing church. They come on Sundays. That's it. There's nothing going on. No new people coming in. Reaching out to no one. No battles fought. No victories that are won. You see, what, what Paul did when he placed Timothy in Ephesus was that he stretched him. Do you know what they say when, when you're... When, has, has anybody ever done weightlifting before? Have you ever done that before? Do you know what, it, do you know what happens when you, when you lift weights repetitively? When you do reps? You tear the muscle. You see? You, you stretch them. You tear them. And, and they come back stronger. That's why when, when you haven't lifted weights in a while and you start lifting weights, it feels like somebody drove a nail into your bicep or into any other muscle that you might be using at that time. But it's because you're basically, like they say, you're tearing the muscle. And, and because that happens, 
The next time you do it, it hurts. But it's stronger. And it grows. It grows every time. It grows time. And that's how you end up like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> Governor of California. No, no. It's, but that's how that works. That's how it works. You see, and, and, and what Paul was doing is he put Timothy into a difficult position because he wanted to stretch him. He wanted to stretch him. You know, it's, folks, he wanted him to, to, to go through the battle alone to face, to face the, the enemy, to face him, to stretch him because he'd be better. You know, folks, if it's easy, you don't grow. You don't grow. Growth is more important than ease. It's just how it works. Trials, trials in our lives, they bring a stronger faith. The trials that you go through are difficult, but they bring, they bring a stronger faith. I think being stretched as a, as a Christian is a good thing. And many of you are being stretched. Yeah. Many of you are, are stretching. You're being stretched. You're, you're showing that being a Christian is just not a Sunday thing. You're out. You're helping people. You're sharing of, of faith. You're sharing and showing Jesus in the community. You're stretching it. You're stretching it. People involved in, in studies... In, in Bible studies, in, in, uh, in different studies, in family night, in, in, uh, in Sunday school. You're stretching it. There's more to being a Christian than being here this morning. There's a whole lot more. It's showing Jesus in the community. You see, folks, there's, there's a battle. Believe me. There's a battle that is going on in this community. There is. And, and what are we fighting for? We're fighting for the, the, the hearts, the souls, the minds of the people in this community. We're fighting for them. You know who we're fighting against. We're fighting against Satan. The battle is on. It is on. And there is a lot at stake. But folks, I will tell you, there will be no victories if all we do is shadow box. There will be no victories. Folks, we got to wade in. We got to go into the battle. You got to know that what we do, that there's going to be resistance. But what is one is one for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for being our God, for loving us, for giving us the opportunity, Lord, as, as Paul did with Timothy, to put us out on the front lines, to, to allow us to, to see the battle, to see what is happening, and to know that through Jesus Christ, the victory can be won. Father, let us not be the shadow boxers. Let us not just play church. Let us go about this as if our lives depend on it. Now, 
but there are so many out there, their lives do depend on it. Father, let us, let us be the warriors, the soldiers that you want us to be. And in all of this, we'll give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.